do you come up with these recipes off the top of your head? Or you like look up a recipe and you're like, how can I change this to make it adaptable for my lifestyle? Great question. Um, I think that I usually find some type of inspiration or like lean into my like food cravings a little bit. So an example is that there's one day, this is like not a great example, but whatever. There's one day where I was like, oh my God, I am like craving a Caesar salad. And there used to be like a market by my house that, it, or it was a grocery store that had like the like fresh food and me and Jared would like make like dank Caesar salads. <laughs> They're like, how do you fuck with a Caesar salad? But like, you can't. And I was like, oh my God, like I just like want the like thick Parmesan shaving. And like, this is after me like not allowing myself to eat dairy like for so long. So, like, again, embracing those things that used to, like, make me feel sad or, like, feel guilty. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own. And then I started thinking about this black-owned restaurant in the South Loop that has, like, a jerk chicken Caesar salad. Oh, my God, yeah. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a homemade jerk chicken Caesar salad. And so then I, like, found like, recipes or, like, ingredients that, like, felt more aligned with, like, how I would make it versus, like, someone else, um, and then put it it all together, yeah, exactly, so I feel like a lot of my food spo is is inspired by either how other people, like, other people than me being like, "Mm, I don't really like that, let me change it, or, like, my own cravings and being like, okay, like, I think that this could this could work in that. Yeah. I love that because I feel like that is more in tune with the life I'm trying to live. Like I'm craving this thing and instead of restricting and telling myself absolutely not, you cannot have that. Mm-hmm. How can we adjust the recipe so that yeah. I'm getting that satisfaction but I'm also still feeding my body, feeling my body, feeling good about it because I feel like right now I feel like everything is just so black and white for everyone in every space. So it's like you can't eat the shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're fruit eaters. I feel like so. But it's like, I don't want to eat fruit all the time. Right. I, listen, I understand. But if I could, have you ever tasted a Crunchwrap Supreme? <laughs> have you tasted those? You know I have. You're trying to tell me you don't have it? <gasps> oh, so good. I, like not. But honestly, I feel like. No. Taco Bell, and then like have never like attempted to you try know, it. I used to be that girl because, as I mentioned before, me and my so I've been feeling, and you know, I don't feel. <laughs> it's so hard to like keep a healthy lifestyle mentally, physically, and emotionally. Like it's hard to like keep them all in check because it, there's so many things out there that are like 
inhibiting healthy lifestyles. And mm -hmm. I know like a lot of it is like just like the choices I make, but <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't know. I'm just glad that I found you because I was like, oh, I can do these recipes. Like this is this is sustainable. But like other recipes, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna bomb but this all this stuff that I will I mean I guess I have that lifestyle, we'll use it again, but it's like, I just want to like, make but if it's something. not in a way that's like, feels good or easy or ex right. accessible, right. then it's yeah. like, I feel like that's what I learned because I really love to be the granola bitch. Like, in my oh, heart of hearts, I would love yeah. to be the granola bitch who's buying the non toxic soap, the all natural cleaners, and I have a compost bin. And I dated a boy who was a vegan, and so we were really doing that. like really doing it but it is not something that's easy to i don't know it's not easy to keep up because then when you have the day where you're like i don't give a fuck about yeah. what is in this food i'm starving and it's been a tough day and i just want to hit the drive through and i don't want to feel bad about it but i know i'm gonna like the granola, I've had to accept the granola life is just not the life that's going to work for me. I'm, I'm a little in between. You can be a granola girl and you can be a McDonald's girl. I'm both. Yeah, and I think that at least something I've been trying to work through with my therapist and something that I've been trying to adapt is that, like, we are defining what that looks like. Like, yeah. we are defining granola. We are defining yeah. McDonald's girl. And, like, you can still be a granola girl that... McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. And, and. I wish my therapist said that to me. Girl, me and Jessica have so many fights, but then at the end I'm like, Jessica's right. So shout out to you, Jessica. But okay, I feel like. <laughs> I got you. But I feel like she would always be like, okay, the way that you're defining this is like a box that's like this big. If you're listening, I'm putting my index finger in my thumb. And which making are, a box. I'm making a box out of my fingers. It's a pretty small box. It's a pretty, very small That's box. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tight pussy. And, <laughs> and that is, I'm putting all of my eggs in this small ass box and trying to yeah. define... The complexities, I know, now it's so yeah, sexual. That was I'm sorry. Like, so much complexities of, like, who I am as an individual, the people around me, the things I don't have control over, I'm trying to, like, shove into this, like, little tiny definition yeah. that isn't sustainable. Like, it truly just isn't sustainable. Right. Yeah. And so, once you become open to the idea that you don't know everything, your life becomes a little easier because you're like, you know what? I would rather fucking be wrong about this than be pigeonholed to this like tiny idea yeah. of how I should exist. Yeah. I think that people do have a very tiny pigeonhole idea of what is healthy. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because something that has always fucked me up is like my size. Like, I yeah. feel like just looking at me, people will assume that I'm not healthy because I'm yes. skinny. Yes, and that has been a you know? huge thing. Or, like, thing. people will look at Maddie. Like, Maddie is a very tiny girl. And they're like, oh, she's so healthy. Yeah. Well, good for her. And it's like, and she's not. She's not. Maddie loves, you know, I all, Maddie loves that. all the things. I love everything. I think that, yeah, I think that I I've dealt with that <laughs> so much with, like, being a yoga teacher because you're also trying to, like, 
attract your own like yeah. following and your own clientele and like to be frank like the yoga industry isn't designed for black plus size black women like or yeah. just women of color like generally even though that's where it originated from yeah and i think that i think yoga i think i'm thinking of all the yoga teachers i've had in my life and it's like the very thin i smoke weed and make out with my boyfriend in the grass and my name is Heather, like, you know? I was part of a yoga studio <laughs> for so, so <laughs> When I was part of the yoga studio, my favorite instructor was black. Ooh! You've got a tight pump. <laughs> and then tequila, and tequila. Where I'm sorry. No, but it, it's, it's interesting <laughs> because I do feel like like, for so long, I felt like I had to uh, work a little bit harder to prove myself. Because even, like, like my clientele didn't look like me, so how would they yeah. trust me? And they can find a yoga teacher that looks like them that they're going to trust. And I think that's been my biggest struggle is well, knowing. Thank you. My biggest struggle is knowing is, like, being like, I trust myself. I know what I bring to the table, but like, will other people? Right. And I think that sometimes that noise gets a little bit louder than like my own intuition. And I think that that's that just has to be across everything. Even if you're defining something larger than like how other people are defining it, you have to have that confidence within yourself to know that like this is a healthy decision because you've decided that it is for you. Yeah. Ooh. I feel like every episode I'm talking and I'm active and I'm present, but I'm also always listening for the bits that are the clip. The bits that are the clip. (laughs) That is the clip because I think that so many people need to hear that. It's like even now I'm sitting here with you and I'm like, I need to hear that. I know that I'm working on these things that we're talking about, but like hearing somebody else say it, it's like, because it's healthy for someone else, does not mean that's going to work for you. And what's working for me is not always going to work for you. Yeah, and I think that even when oh, like I, I was exploring and curious and trying to understand like what healthy looked like for me, that was probably when I was getting the most criticisms about my body. And I'm like, okay, first of all, why are people talking about me right. to me? Second of all, like, sh- well, first yeah. of all, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and second of all, like, what? Like, can we just? Take yeah. a moment to be a little bit more open about, like, these definitions that we're putting on ourselves and then putting on other people. Yeah. Because, like, you don't know what other people are going through. And you want to, at least I want to, create a space where, like, I'm living my own life. I'm living my best life. And I hope that at the end of the day and at the end of our conversations and interactions that you go out feeling empowered to do that for you and that does not have to look like me that's honestly exactly how i feel every time i look at anything or even if you post a video if you post a recipe like even just tapping through your story like i feel like anytime i'm consuming content you're creating that's how i feel which is such a warm little hug because so many people who are wellness creators to me are not promoting wellness like I had to unfollow. I would. I would be. I would say I unfollowed ninety percent of the health and wellness girls that I followed before Mm -hmm. because I was like, I already have a really tough relationship with food because of how I was 
raised and brought into this world. And like, of course, that's like a weird generational cycle because it's like my mom didn't mean to do that. Right. It's like that was her struggle that she was going through. So it's like I'm realizing to help myself in this like fun, healthy way, Mm -hmm. I need to be consuming content that's going to help me in that same fun, healthy way because I feel like some of the stuff I'm consuming is not fun or healthy. It's just sad. Like I'm watching these girls are like, if you're not waking up at 5 a.m. and getting your 10K steps and drinking yeah. a gallon of water a day and meal prepping with all your fun things from Trader Joe's, then you're just lazy. You are lazy and you don't want it enough. And it's yeah. like, well, what do I want? Do I want to be healthy? Like, what are you promoting to me? Because to me, they're just promoting weight loss. And then that's not, that's like the goal is, I mean, it's their definition of health. It's their little, you know, it's like, box. They're a little... I don't look bad. Yeah. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't need to lose weight. I feel mentally the best I've felt in quite some time. But it's because I'm in this weird free fall of, like, I refuse to be a slave to my calorie app. I refuse yeah. to do that anymore. I've deleted it, and I do not mm-hmm. intend to re-download it because I've had it since... I think I got an iPhone. I was... You know, I was in high school, so maybe 15 years old, I got yeah. an iPhone. And I've had a calorie up always. Since then. Yeah. Always. And I deleted it maybe two years ago. So at age 26, that's a long time to be a slave to calories. Like, I refuse to do it. But I also am trying to reel it in, like, you don't have to be a slave to your calorie counter, but you also do not have to be a free ball. Like, eat everything you want all the time as unhealthy. You have to find your own balance. Right? Okay, and the last thing I want to talk about while we're talking about balance, I would love to know, like, how did you find a good balance with your relationship with cannabis and Mm -hmm. navigating, like, as someone who's been on medications and off medication, because I feel like I've been on medication, I've been off medication. Right now I have an as-needed prescription, so Mm -hmm. I use it when I feel I need to, and I most of the time I'm not taking it because I don't love it. At the end of a hard day, I would much rather take my edibles yeah. <laughs> rather than take the anti-anxiety meds because that comes with its own weird side effects that I don't really love. Um, but I don't talk about cannabis use. I don't think I've ever really talked about I think I've said I'm a woman who dabbles on the show. Like I don't, A woman who dabs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't talk about it. I really don't because I'm yeah. so scared of yeah. like. I don't want, I'm always like, I don't want people to think I'm a pothead, or I don't want people to think that I'm unreliable or I'm lazy. Like, I'm just so scared of, like, like, I don't talk about it in front of my family, like, at all. I don't either, which, like, Um, this will be interesting if they listen to this. So, um. But I'm just scared of those, like, negative connotations. I know that cannabis in my life has only been a positive. Yeah. Because I think when I'm having an anxious day, it is much easier to smoke a little or take an edible and, like, knock the fucking anxiety out of me. And just, like, it honestly makes me just, like, be normal. Mm-hmm. I feel like, because I'm not doing, like, a, I'm trying to get back. I'm, like, I, <laughs> like, I texted her earlier and I was, like, I'm sorry. Immediately when I get home, I have to vomit because my anxiety is so high. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that helps me. I don't feel so nauseous. I don't feel so, like, my 
literal whole body is shaking. I'm gonna take two cups and I'm gonna calm the fuck down versus the things that I've been given from my doctor are giving me way different feeling. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna take this medicine that my doctor has given me, but then I feel like a completely different person. Yeah. And to me, like nobody knows because they can't feel it, but like I feel way more under the influence when I take my actual anxiety medicine. Like I I cannot drive. I cannot socialize in the same way. Like if I take two pots or I eat an edible, like I'm zen. I'm just like I comp the fuck down and I'm back to myself. I think that's really important because I obviously don't have that perspective because I try really hard to avoid Western medicine. Yeah. Which again I don't, I think it's, it's, I'm working through my own traumas around it, which as we live in a global pandemic, that in and itself has kind of forced me to face those situations head on. But I think when it comes down to cannabis, it's a matter of like, for at least for me, how I started. So my biological family has a history of addiction with drugs and alcohol. I have a history of addiction um, from when I was a newborn. So when I grew up with my adoptive family, I was always told that like I had to be very, very, very careful when I started to dabble and explore drugs and alcohol. And the alcohol side of it was kind of like, I'm never going to drink because ill. And then high school, I easily got here pressure and it was like, just kidding. And so, like, obviously, I had to work through what made me feel good with it because I did hold a lot of guilt of, like, oh, my God, I told myself I was never going to drink alcohol because I knew that I was addicted to it at one point and I, like, can never do it again. And then yeah. here I am kind of promoting intuitive drinking because yes. I, had, yeah, I, like, yeah. have that, in, that, like, experience. Whereas with drugs... That was an easy thing to be like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I like, actually had in my MySpace header once upon a time, not friends with smokers. <laughs> <laughs> because I had a couple friends who started smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, which it's funny because there are like a few of my friends and friends of my husband that don't smoke weed anymore. And they are like, well. When I used to do it, I was, like, criticized, and now, like, it's cool to do it. And I'm like, I think that there is a huge difference of a 27-year-old smoking weed versus a 15-year-old smoking weed. Yeah. And, like, no judgment, but there is a difference. There is such a difference. Because I had to rework my relationship with alcohol when I started earlier. I have not had to rework my relationship with cannabis. And I did not start smoking until after high school, after college, it was actually, I was in Mexico for my yoga teacher training. I didn't smoke then, but like, this was when I like realized that it would be like, I'd be open to it. Um, I was at my yoga teacher training in Mexico and I, my mom sent me something that was like hella triggering about my biological mom. And I realized that I couldn't 
proceed with my life until I forgave her and I stopped being so held to like the labels that like she had and that I was like set on myself. So like because she has these issues, I will have these issues. Because she is this person, I will turn into this person if I mimic her. And I think that just in generational trauma period, you have to eventually realize that you're your own individual and that you can have these different experiences and that you're not doomed to mimic your parents' mistakes. And I think that I've always supported cannabis. (laughs) The tequila hit. (laughs) I've always supported cannabis. I've always supported that it should be legal. Like, it was never my idea or opinion that it was bad. I I was existing based off Someone else's idea of what was bad or what was good and what I could do and what I couldn't do. And I didn't have the confidence in myself to make those delineations. And so I was like working with a spirit uh, energy healer at the time. And I remember I connected with her and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to smoke some weed. (laughs) Don't tell my mom. And basically just kind of ran through, like, how I was feeling and just being, like, I feel like I have said no to things for so long because it was something that was a gateway drug. Or, like, if I started doing weed, then I would be a cokehead and then I would go down the same path as my biological mom and then blah, 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 like, insert trauma and uh, shit here. And so I think because I entered my usage with it in such a like intentional and space where I was like, I'm going to do this for myself and only myself. And I am going to trust that I have the strength to know my limits and know how it can benefit or hurt me was how I approached it. And I think it's been such a healing experience. I've found people online that think very close to how I feel. Yeah. The Vic Style is a really good follow. She's like literally my like dream gal. Love her. <laughs> Best influencer in the world. And I think that because I like started creating like spaces for myself to explore things without judgment, I was able to have a good relationship with it. And so, yeah. I'm a pothead, sure, but, like, in the best wellness way possible. And it has been so healing for me, probably more than anything. I literally just feel good when you say all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like you're saying things that I feel like I think, but I've never, like, spit them out or, like, taken the time to articulate. And so... When you say, yeah, I'm pothead, but in the best, most healthy way that it can be, like, that feels good to me because in my head, that's, like, a fear of mine. It's like, oh, my God, people are going to think that I'm just, like, like, if I tell people truthfully how much I smoke weed or how much I eat edibles or, like, when I am relying on that relief that I feel, then they're going to think differently of me. But, like, I am a little bit of a pothead 
in the healthiest way that I can be because the alternative is like my prescription that I've been given from my doctor is Xanax. And like that's not a healthy thing to be dependent on. Yeah. So like I wouldn't do a psychosis after mixing Xanax with alcohol, not on purpose, but just like happened to drink on a day I took Xanax and it was the fucking worst thing ever. Yeah, and I think that people who don't have like mental health struggles in the way that like you need to be medicated, they don't understand that. Like mm-hmm. Xanax is a drug that lots of people get addicted to. A lot of people have died from their reliance on it and overdosing on it on so many things. So to me, I've, it's so scary to be like I don't. It's not even here. Like this is my home, and I don't even have it here. Because I don't like the idea of it being so easily accessible to me. Because I don't like the idea of I'm having a tough moment. Let me take me Xanax. I'm having a weird feeling. Let me take. Like I don't ever want to feel dependent on it because mm-hmm. of when you really read what's going on with people who take Xanax, like it's not. Good. Yeah. It's not like you look up Xanax and you're like, oh, positive people story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not like I started taking Xanax and my life changed for the better. It's a lot of people get addicted and die. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I also, I don't even take Tylenol when I have a headache. Yeah, and I, yeah, so and I think like, even for me, it's been one of those things I'd much where better I, just, yeah, like, it's, move on. I think, I think it's a, a balance. <laughs> get slapped in the face with my own brain. Um, I think it's a balance, right? So, like, I had such a terrible medical experience the first time around that I was like, fuck this, I'm never taking Western medicine ever again. It's the worst thing ever invented, which, like, that is not true. Yeah. And so, like, I've had to rework my relationship with Western medicine as I'm, like, all, like, like, it almost sounds contradictory, right? Like, you can take all these, like, different pills, but then also eat really processed foods and also do all these things that it's like, okay, at what point am I being, like, consistent? But I don't think it's about that. I think it's about finding, like, what is sustainable within your own means. And so, like, I would never allow myself or, and I would encourage other people to explore, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, like, what are your healing modalities that you have in place in addition to your pill? Because that should not be the only thing that you're relying on. The same way that I do not solely rely on yoga to get me through things. Because I know that that is not going to be my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like, I need to have a toolbox. Yeah. And so, yes, a medicine can be in your toolbox, but it is not your only tool it's you have. And so, like, even if you are taking an antidepressant or Xanax or whatever, you better be going on your high girl walks, too, because you cannot solely rely on one thing to keep you going. Yeah, you need a little bit of weed, a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of movement, a little bit of therapy, and maybe a little bit of medicine if that's also, you know, a necessary tool for you. Yeah. I think that I just had a... I gotta, I gotta call Winona. That's my therapist. I gotta call her and tell her. I think I had a breakthrough just now. I don't need your services anymore. <laughs> Give me my cocktail. You know what is like the best thing that I think is better than therapy? We're not really strangers. The game, the card game. Have you guys played it? Yes. No. I. Oh my god, I have it. What? Okay. 
You guys should do an episode where you just play it because it is the most beautiful thing. And I feel like do you watch YouTube? I don't. Wait, have a YouTube? There's, or I don't know if it's the people who made the game, but there's a YouTube. I'm gonna get high and watch it later. (laughs) I'll send it to you. There's a YouTube that I think it's them who created that game, but they have like episodes where they have like exes or mom and daughter, father son, like. They, uh, the last one I watched was a mom, a black woman who's a mom, who's, she's a cop, and her son is a black man yeah. who is very like, all cops are bad, fuck yeah. the police, defund the police, like, he's very oh like, far left liberal, like, and, but his mother is a cop, and so they have, they do the cards and they read the things and it's like when did you feel the most disappointed in me and I was sobbing. Oh my god I don't know if I want to play that. No, no, no the game is fun when you play it with someone like we're best friends so like we would play and it would be like kind of like how we did at book club the other night we had Maddie and I had a really deep talk about she was feeling not so great about me as a friend we're fine now but we were like <laughs> but we were like holding hands and I was like Maddie you need to tell me. We have to talk about it because I don't feel good about it when you don't tell me. And so this game is kind of that, but it's not always so deep. No, Some yeah, it, like, it like starts in levels. So like the first yeah. level is like very like surface level, like hearted, like draw a picture of like your favorite memory. I don't yeah. know, like I'm making it up. And then like it slowly gets a little bit more deep and personal, but like the questions are never intrusive or yeah. like they're never scary or like that. It, but it was interesting. They put. People, when you watch the videos, they choose people who are like who will be um, most probably impacted by like those right. types of like the mom being a cop and a black woman speaking to her son who is a black man who is terrified of the situation we're in in America. Yeah, how police and black people like the the relationship now. So they're having this like like the card was when have you felt the most disappointed in me? And he was like when you watch the George Floyd situation unfolds and then still wear your uniform that has a flag with a blue stripe. That mm. cuts me because as a black man, to me, that blue stripe like when hurts. It, yeah. Like when I see that blue stripe, I feel fear because to that blue stripe means blue lives matter. And to me, like the way that this has unfolded, blue lives matter means that you value that over anything else, which means, like, do you think that me as a black man, I matter? Mm -hmm. Does my safety matter? And you're my mother. Yeah. And so they have this really crazy talk that they probably never would have had. Like, the cards are, it's, some of the episodes are crazy. I like to watch the ones that are people who broke up. That's funny. But on that same vein, and, like, kind of going back to our earlier conversation about cannabis, I think being black women talking about cannabis is also a very vulnerable situation to be yeah, in. Yeah, like, people, and, like, people will automatically be like, of course you do. Yeah, which, like, I'm Your like... people like that, huh? Yeah, which, like, like... no, I never even tried it. I literally had my MySpace header not friends. I took it name out to make it clear. I do not like people who smoke weed. I didn't do it until I truly have been on this journey as of, like, Maybe right before the pandemic started with mm-hmm. one of my cousins, she was like, Bro, you have a lot of anxiety. Why don't you smoke a little and maybe see if you chill out? And I was like, No. Yeah. And I, tr- the only, I even tried it and was like, Don't 
Snapchat this, don't tell anybody. Like, I changed my clothes before I left her house because I was like, I don't want anyone to even smell it on me. Like, I was... I broke up with a boy in college because he was like... I was drunk and he convinced me to hit a bomb. And then the next day I saw the video of it and was like, why the fuck would you do that? I was Yeah, dude. There's so much, like, internalized racism that we have to, like, work through. And especially when diving into these like different cultures and I think that obviously with the pandemic like I've had to face a lot of my internal racism and like open up to my like black womanhood (laughs) and like what that means and I think that honestly having a good relationship with cannabis has like been the most so healing for like and just like not allowing myself to like believe in those stigmas or like hold those stigmas to myself or like the people around me or the people that you would associate with that to like really like help my own identity. I feel like it sounds so silly but I think that TikTok blowing up during the pandemic. Bro TikTok literally (laughs) don't get me started. TikTok blowing up during the pandemic I was at first, I was like, TikTok is for kids. I'm not going to download it. It seems like everybody's just like doing these weird dances, and it's just teenagers. But then, of course, the more you're locked in the house, the more we can't go out. It, the stay-at-home thing kept getting extended. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get TikTok. And then, similar to, like, Black Twitter, I feel like I got into Black Twitter because I weirdly only had Black friends in college, which was just, like, the complete opposite of my rest of my life. Um, I fully like, got immersed in black TikTok, and I've been, like, oh, I, I don't know, this sounds so silly, and I was, like, damn, I, I'm black, and I don't know why, at 28, that was the first time I've been, like, like, even earlier, I was, like, I'm so jealous. I would have never worn this hoodie before the pandemic. Honestly, you couldn't even... Which is fucked up. I used to say people should not wear things that say Black Lives Matter. They shouldn't say that. Like, I was fully... Like, like this year of, like, I've been... Like, it's okay to be black and like it. I don't It's okay to be black and to celebrate being black and to appreciate being and black. And honestly, Maddie, it's weird to say this because Maddie's white, but Maddie is kind of the start of, like, me starting to be like, no, it's okay, because Maddie, during this whole crazy whirlwind of life that we've been going through, has been like, is it okay for me to ask you questions to make sure I'm, because she's like, this is the kind of life I want to be leading, and I want to make sure I'm not hurting people, I want to make sure that I'm a soft, safe space for people, like, I want to always make people feel comfortable and welcome, and so, like, is it okay for me to ask you these things to make sure I'm living the life that I want to be living? And at first I was like, I don't care. You don't need to ask me questions. Just be who you are. Or like if like racist things were making the news, she'd be like, can you explain to me like why this was hurtful or bad? Cause like, I just want to understand. And I'd be like, they're being dramatic. Like I would just be like, I don't want to talk about it. They're just being dramatic. Like my grandpa very much taught me to be like, hush, hush, yeah. shush, shush. If people are being racist, she's like, ha, 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 because yeah. you don't want people to come for you. So it's just right. like, I'll, like in, in school, my whole life, people would be like, I don't like black people, and I would literally say me either. Dude, okay. I'm embarrassed. Okay, don't be embarrassed. I don't I'm... not like black people. I just was, I didn't want to not. 
No, there is like a level, especially in middle school and high school, where like it's there's there's this weird shit going on because I literally would used to say that I wish I was Mexican because you get the best of both worlds. Because like you're you're like light (laughs) enough where like people aren't disrespectful to you, but then like you have culture. But like there is so much like internalized racism in our community and I think that for people specifically that like grow up in like white cultures and experiences you like almost have to be the punchline of your own joke to like make it and it sucks. Like I didn't have any black friends until I was literally 18 years old. Yeah. Like I didn't have any and then I went to ISU and I was like not eating and drinking too much and then I have only black friends and I was like I don't know this is so terrible because I literally love all of the people that I've met there it was seriously such a good community but I was like I don't know how to relate to these people like I all of my friends are white and I feel like white people party different <laughs> so I, was like, I don't know how to drink like black people I'm not drinking the same things as them I don't like the same things as them they're playing rap music and I don't know any of the words and I don't fit in. My outfits don't look like the black girl outfits and so then I just started being like okay well I want to be black girl brief and so I started listening to only rap and only drinking the things that were available at the black parties like it just but then it's like that doesn't feel like who I am because it's not how I grew up and then I just so then when I left ISU and I moved back home I feel like I was like well now I need to be white girl brief. And I yeah. just, like, rejected all the things that I was doing before. And I was like, I, but I kind of I liked some of the black stuff. Some of it was, was kind of was kinda fun. It was kind of cool. And I, I like I like to listen to the the rap songs. But also I, I like country music and listening to Taylor Swift and Kelly Clarkson. Well, I, I don't relate to you like, on that level because she's <laughs> not Taylor Swift. Sorry. Um, I don't You know, we're not gonna get into it because for the best. But no, I I feel you and I hear you and I think that our how we have felt and maybe continue to feel is more common than you think. And I and at least for me, like growing up with a white family because I'm adopted, it was extra hard because there was almost this like precedent that like because my like biological family was black and my adoptive family is not that like I was like saved from a situation and even though like in certain aspects that's true it doesn't mean that like blackness is something that I need to run away from and I think that I've felt that way for a really long time and regardless of like why you feel that way that is a very common feeling and I think it's 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 institutional racism and so like for this throughout the pandemic that was the first time where I was like my experience is still black and if anything it's more black because I see both sides oh my god (laughs) I have to keep you Keep I mean, here. <laughs> in your pocket. My heart pocket. I feel like you're saying. 
saying things out loud because you've like processed them, and I'm just like, oh, that's what that is. You no, know? but it's so true because I feel like mixed girls feel this way. Girls that grew up in the burbs feel this way. Like men probably feel this way too. Yeah. I can't speak for black men because I'm not one, but like there is there are so many issues with the world, and there are so many issues within our culture because of what the world has done to us. That like, how would we? walk into a situation and be like, I'm black, me, black, black, black. Like, that has never been the yeah. case for me, and that has never been the case for a lot of people. So, like... I like, literally am, my mouth is open. I have to close my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you're able to see the flaws in our culture, but also the flaws on a bigger spectrum, and you're able to yeah. experience both. And you're able to, like, see through people's bullshit. You're not just, like in it for the culture because there are problems with the culture and that's fine. There's problems with every fucking culture. But like, that doesn't make me look flat. Uh, you have to come back on the show 67 times. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good Because topic. I think that you just said some shit that I feel like I need to mull and then write about it and then we can talk about it. Because yeah. And I probably yeah. still need to talk about this it. This like, part one. This is for sure going to be a multiple parter. Um, so I think that if you're listening or watching and you love everything that Rip has had to say, or um, you think I'm problematic, don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. Send us your thoughts, comments, questions because I think that I personally am really something's happening to me because of this conversation. In a good way, in a good way. Um, and so I would love to explore it more because it's cool. Yeah. And we will explore it more. But thank you for joining us today. Of course. So tell us your socials. Where can people find you on the internet? So you can find me at reveryourbestlife.com, at reveryourbestlife on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, maybe one day I'll put out a YouTube so you can do my yoga videos. Oh, yeah. Um, but I actually do have an online yoga studio thing where you can take some of my classes, um, which are on my website. Um, you can also, if you're in Chicago and you're local, you can go to Move Therapy. That's where I teach yoga now. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. And oh, it's well, been so great to talk to you guys. No, seriously, this was the best day ever. <laughs> I'm so thrilled with how it today went. It so was good. It felt good mentally, physically, spiritually. I'm tequila. I'm getting y'all to rib your best life one sip of tequila at a time. And hopefully we will. <laughs> uh, but you can follow us on Instagram at snacks underscore in the city. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore snacks in the city. You can follow us on Twitter at snacks underscore in the city. And our personal handles on both platforms are at Natty Grissetto and at Brianna underscore Irene. And with that, snacks 